You're listening to The Vine Podcast, episode 121. How confident do you feel when it comes to knowing your audience? Do you have a surface level knowledge of them, like the demographics that they have? Or would you be able to give two or three real struggles that your audience faces? There's always more information that you can find out about your audience, so today I'm sharing a handful of tools that you can use to truly get to know your audience. Hey friend, I'm Madison Wetherill, a web designer and branding strategist for food bloggers and your host for the Vine podcast. This show is all about supporting you as a food blogger as you grow your business. I'll share tips for designing your business and your website with intention so that you can build a blog that fits into your life, not consumes it. You'll hear tips for connecting with your audience, growing your blog, and tips for managing and designing your website, all in short, easy to consume and actionable episodes. If you're ready to think differently about the strategies and tactics that you need to grow your food blog, you are in the right place. I'm so excited that you're here, friend. Let's get started. Hey friends, welcome back to this week's episode of the podcast. So excited that you are tuning in today and I'm really excited to dive into this topic about getting to know your audience and really even diving into a little bit about what kind of information we need to know about our audience to be able to build a blog that is really going to help people and serve people and really become a trusted resource for people. Now, if you're new to the podcast, I'm so excited that you are tuning into today's episode and I hope that you will find it super helpful and super valuable. I really try to keep these episodes no fluff, just the basics and, you know, diving deep into what you need to know about the topics that we cover here on the show. My name is Madison Wetherill, and I'm the CEO and founder of Grace and Vine Studios. I'm obviously the host of this podcast as well. Over at Grace and Vine Studios, we specialize in building custom brands and websites for food bloggers who are looking to take their business to the next level. And that often means giving their website and their overall brand a revamp, a refresh, whatever you want to call it, and just really putting that professional foot forward that helps to catch up to the business that you've built over the years. So if that is you, or if you're ever just curious about how we work with clients, you can always head over to the website at graceandvinestudios.com and you can click on the services tab to learn more about how we work with clients, what our timelines are, all of that good stuff. Now, over the last few weeks of the podcast, I have been letting you guys know that we are going to be booking up for the rest of the year due to my maternity leave that's coming up this summer. And I just love to make sure that I'm mentioning that to you guys, because I know for a lot of you, you are planning ahead on when you want to redesign your website or redo your branding. And so I just want to make sure to keep that in the forefront of your mind as you are thinking about your plans for the rest of the year and even starting to think about your plans for 2023. I know it feels like it's so far away still, but we often get booked up multiple weeks and months in advance. And so if redesigning is on your list of things to do in 2022 or in 2023, I would highly recommend reaching out sooner rather than later because our spots will be limited as I get into the swing of just being a new mom again and a mom to three. And so as we get adjusted, our availability and our capacity as a team is going to look a little bit different. So if it is really important to you to have a specific launch date or timeline for working on your website, then please reach out sooner rather than later. And again, you can always go over to the website or you can click the show notes. We have all of the links there as well for you to be able to connect with us in that way. Okay, so today we're talking about tools that you need to truly get to know your audience. 
And this has come up in a lot of different conversations that I've had with bloggers over the years. And it certainly comes up with our clients as we are working through the strategy behind their brand and really doing a deep dive on their audience to try to figure out where we really need to position their food blog in terms of what their audience is looking for and really creating that resource niche site for their readers to really utilize. And so this starts with really understanding who your audience is and what they're struggling with. And so we're going to talk today about what some of the things that we are looking for when we talk about knowing our audience. And then we're going to talk about some tools that you can use to specifically find out this information. Because the truth of the matter is there are so many ways that you can get this information, both from tools that you can use that are automated all the way to having conversations with people directly. So the very first way that you can get to know your audience and to start understanding them on a bigger level or just even knowing them at all is by using demographic information. I start with this one because I think it's the one that is the most obvious for people, but it's the one that is also the most surface level. So you're going to notice we're going to get deeper into this idea of getting to know your audience through the other tools. But to start with, definitely utilize demographic information that is available to you. This is going to help you to at least start to place your audience into various buckets and to really understand who they are at a broad level. So you can, of course, use Google Analytics for some of this more surface level demographic information. And when you go into your analytics, you're going to be able to click on the audience tab and then click on demographics. And it's going to give you an overview right there of the age and the gender of your audience. And this is going to be the audience that is coming directly to your website. And it's going to just give you a picture of the broad view of who the people are that are coming to your website. What age range do they generally fall in? And then what gender do they generally fall in? For a lot of food bloggers, this is going to kind of be a similar range from blog to blog, which is why we want to get more specific than just this demographic information. Because knowing, for example, that 70% of my audience on my food blog is female doesn't really tell me a whole lot of information that is going to help me to curate content or to connect with my audience on a deeper level. Now, there are also a lot of other tabs and information within the audience section of Google Analytics, things like looking at the interests of your users, looking at the geolocation, the behavior, what type of technology or device that they are using. There's a lot of really good information here just to have a general knowledge. But again, this information isn't really going to tell me whether or not a certain blog post will resonate with my audience or even as I'm thinking about building out maybe a digital product, it's really not going to help me to paint the picture of what my audience really needs. So that's why we want to continue to go deeper. Now you can also use social media for this demographic information. And then it's really helpful to compare your social media audience from your website audience. And this is really important just to see how similar or different they might be. You may find that your social media audience is very different than your website audience, and that is going to affect the way that you tailor your marketing efforts and the way that you talk to your audience over there. And it's also going to depend platform to platform. So that's something to remember as you're looking into analytical data and the demographic information on social media is remembering that each platform just by default has a different demographic that it targets and that it generally reaches. So it's going to be very typical for a TikTok audience to look very different from a Facebook audience as just one example. 
Now, the second tool that you can utilize to really find out more information is to use a survey. Now, there are a bunch of different ways that you can do this, and it can look all the way from doing a full blown out survey or something like a you know annual reader survey that you send out all the way to just asking questions about demographics and things like that in various places. So again, you could create an annual survey or maybe you do a survey every couple of quarters to just ask your audience more information. But you also want to include in that survey some information about demographics because this is going to tell you more specifics than the wide range of people that are coming to your website that you're going to see on Google Analytics. It's also going to tell you the specific demographic information about the people who are already engaged with you and who are already taking action on something like a survey. Those people are going to be a little bit more bought in than just the general population that's coming to your website. And so it's going to give you a more focused picture of that demographic information for the people who are already kind of a part of your brand. Now, in these surveys, you want to use a mix of questions that are, again, that demographic information and sort of surface level, and then a mix of more open-ended questions. So this could be something like just simply asking, what is your biggest struggle when it comes to blank? Now that blank is going to be something that is specific to your niche. So you would not want to necessarily say something like, what is your biggest struggle with cooking? Unless your niche is specifically tailored to teaching people how to cook. More than likely, it's going to be something like, what is your biggest struggle with going gluten-free? What is your biggest struggle with eating healthy on a budget? Make that question open-ended, but make it specific to what it is that you do and how you help people so that you can get more specific information from people and you're not getting just really generic answers for that question. Another tool that you can use is email marketing. This is going to be extremely important for people who are already using email marketing really well and who are communicating often with their email list. But even if you are not, this is still a tool that you can use and it's a way that you can connect with an audience who has already essentially said that they want to be a part of your audience in some capacity. And so you've already gotten a little bit of a commitment from them. So again, it's going to take that really broad audience of however many pages you have per month, and it's going to really start to narrow in and focus on the people who are already a part of your more specific and unique audience. So when it comes to using email marketing, you can do things like just asking questions throughout your emails. So giving people a really clear call to action of what you want them to do at the end of your email. You most likely want them to go click over to your website and see the recipe that you're sharing. But if there's a question that you can ask to engage them about your recipe or about the content that you've shared, do that as well. So instead of just sharing the recipe link and leaving it at that, Ask them to answer a specific question about the recipe itself or if they are going to try it. The more you do this, the more your audience is going to get used to you doing this and the more likely they're going to be to reply. You can also use your emails to send surveys. So again, we talked about doing kind of a full-blown reader survey. Using your email list to be able to send that out is a really great way to get that out to the people who you want to hear from. And just as a bonus tip for this, for using email marketing in general, make it a habit now, even if you're not trying to kind of survey and pull your audience right now, make it a point to always reply to any emails that you get from readers. This can also go with 
just replying to comments that you get on your site as well. But you essentially want to be communicating with your audience that you want to talk to them. And if you continually ignore people's comments or emails to you, or even your the messages that you get on social media, you're really putting out the vibe that you don't want to talk to your audience or that you're too busy to. So it's really important to start and finish those conversations with the people who are reaching out to you. Another tool that you can use that may feel a little bit obvious is social media. So when we think about using social media as a tool to get to know your audience, I want you to think about using social media as a way to experiment with your content. For example, it is going to be much faster and much easier for you to put out a couple of Instagram stories or even a reel than it is to create an entire blog post from scratch. And once you start to get ideas from your audience about what they need, You can use social media to experiment with sharing content to see if it resonates with your audience. So as an example, if you think that your audience might be really interested in learning about meal planning from you, talk about meal planning on your stories, give people some ways to engage with you on social media while you're talking about that content and see if it sticks. If it does, then you can try publishing a blog post and see how that goes. I think a lot of times people go straight to producing content for the blog because they want it to live there and be there forever. But remember that you can also repurpose the content that you use on social media and turn it into a blog post later. Again, I think most people think about creating a blog post first and then turning it into social media content, but it can also work the other way as you start to see the type of content that people are interested in. Another great way to use social media is to look at your super fans. And what I mean by this is actually going into the people's accounts who engage with you regularly. So the people who are replying to your stories or who are commenting on your photos, go onto their account if it's not private and see who else are they following? What types of other brands are they following and what are they interested in? What do they share on their stories or in their feed? Again, it's gonna look so different looking at this from a you know, kind of regular person or consumer's perspective versus somebody who has a business and who has, you know, a reason to put out specific content. But it's really going to be interesting to see what the types of content is that they share and what resonates with them. This is something that could be a very deep rabbit hole that you could spend hours and hours on. So this is a great thing to just set a 20 minute timer, go click through some of your followers and just see what you start to see emerge as a pattern and see what is common between your readers. You can also, and you should also, use social media to start having conversations with your readers. So this can be something like just DMing with your readers and you know, if they reply to your stories, starting a conversation with them. It can also be something as unique and cool as having conversations through audio messages or video messages. This is gonna depend on the platform itself and what you're using. I'm, I'm kind of imagining Instagram stories and Instagram DMs as kind of a really good platform for this, but you would be surprised at how special it makes people feel if they get an audio message from you. And there's honestly something about hearing someone's voice in that context, or even just knowing that you have an audio message that you just want to listen to it. So if you can connect with people in that way, it's really going to make them feel even more loyal to your brand. And then you're able to start that conversation and get to know them on a deeper level. 
Two other quick ways that you can use specifically some features on Instagram. One is using polls. So again, when you think about experimenting with your content, use polls and the questions feature to try to get information out of your audience to see what they want from you. I think this is something that I see a lot of food bloggers using this tool, but sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to get people to engage right away and they tend to give up on it quickly. So make it a regular thing that you are asking your audience about various things. It may have nothing to do with your content. Maybe you just ask them to share an unpopular opinion that they have. It could be something as simple as that. A, you're going to get some information about them, about the things that they care about and the things that make them tick, but you're also just going to be starting to train them to engage with you in that way. And that is going to really help you later down the road when you ask them something bigger. The last tool that I have to share with you is a little bit more unconventional and This is a tool that you could say is just something that you have to figure out yourself. And that is just making logical connections between the information and the data that you have. So what I mean by that is when you think about your popular content on your blog, for example, how can you start to draw connections between that content that helps you to understand your audience? Now, whenever I talk about this with clients, this is one of those things that I always have to preface by just saying, this is not gonna be something that is black and white and pops out at you or screams at you most of the time. This is gonna be something that you have to kind of make an assumption and then you can use some of these other tools to experiment with an idea. Going back to the meal planning idea, if you notice that a lot of your popular content has this theme of meal planning and you think maybe my audience would be interested in a meal planner, that's something that instead of going out and producing this product that you want to sell right away without talking to anybody about it, you can start to use that connection and that assumption that you have and start to pull your audience about it and talk to them, have conversations in DMs, all of those other tools that we mentioned, you have to kind of have that initial logical connection that you want to dive deeper into first before you can really start to ask those probing questions. Another way to do this is to look at what some of the common struggles might be for people based on your popular content or based on some of this other information that you have about your readers. So as an example, if you have noticed that a lot of your readers are young moms and they have small children, maybe you start to figure out that your audience is really struggling with time management when it comes to recipe development and getting in the kitchen and preparing dinner. Or maybe you realize that a lot of your readers have children who struggle with eating, and so you have kind of this picky eater side of your brand that you can dive into. And again, you're going to take some of these connections and some of these assumptions, and you're going to use social media or your email list or surveys to help you experiment and see what resonates with your audience. I honestly feel like this is probably the most important step of all of this because you could have just a ton of information and if you don't ever do anything with that information or use it to help you further what you know, then it really doesn't matter what kind of information you're able to collect from all of these different tools. So you really need to make sure that as you're collecting this information that you are spending the time really analyzing it and figuring out how all of the dots connect and again, just being okay with not knowing 100% right away. It's not as black and white as demographic information is. So when you're starting to learn things about your audience, you're going to have to have enough conversations and enough data to be able to make those assumptions and connections. But then you're also going to need to just be okay with not knowing for sure if it's what is true about your audience. And you're going to have to take what you think might be true. And again, start having conversations with people and see if what you are assuming is right. 
So on that note about, you know, what to do with this information, you're going to really take some of these tools, whichever ones you really resonate with and you feel like would be the most effective, take some of those tools and start to collect data and make connections with the things that your audience is struggling with, or even just the things that you know about your audience. And then you're going to write down common trends. Something that is really powerful to do here is to write down the actual words that people are using, because you may find that the words that you've been using to describe your content or to describe the struggles that your audience has have nothing to do with the words that your audience is actually using. And there can be a really big disconnect here. So make sure that you are listening to the specific words and phrases, the way people describe things, and then use that same language in the way that you're communicating with your audience to see if more people resonate with that language as well. Then you're going to use that language and use these ideas to create some social media content as an experiment. Don't feel like it has to be this full blown out blog post or, you know, a five-week series. Take it slow and just you know, sprinkle in this content within your regular content that you have already and just see if people like it. See if it's something that people are sharing, if people are engaging with it, and that is going to start to help you understand if it's something that is valuable to pursue in a larger format. So I hope that in this episode, there's at least one tool that you did not expect to hear about or that you didn't use in the past that you can start to use. And I really hope that you will use some of these tools just to connect with your audience in a deeper way so that you can start to understand them in a deeper way. Something that is so important to remember is that your audience, the audience that is coming to your blog or that follows you on social media, when you think about that audience as a whole, as a group of people, it is a completely unique group of people to any other site that exists. And so the more information you can understand about your audience, the more you can sort of generalize what your audience is struggling with you know, even if it's only 50 or 60 or 70% of your audience struggling with something, when you can start to make those connections and really to understand those struggles and those things about your audience, it's really going to help you to create content that resonates with them. And ultimately it's going to help you to understand what they're truly struggling with so that you can help support them in that. That is really what is going to take your blog from being just, you know, a random compilation of recipes to really being that professional resource that your readers turn to and they come back to over and over again. And this is something that time and time again, our clients have told us that they are looking for and they're really wanting to create that. And I really think it has become one of the main superpowers of what we do for our clients is really there's just something about hearing from my clients and what their audience, you know, the information they can share with me about their audience. There's just something that clicks for me where I start to see all these puzzle pieces put together. And so I hope that you're able to take some of these tools and start using them to make your own puzzle pieces and trying to start fitting them together. Like I mentioned, if you are curious about working with us, please head over to graceandvinestudios.com, click on the services tab to learn more, and I would love to help you start to put these puzzle pieces together for your own audience, because when we start to put these pieces together and really understand what the full picture of our audience looks like, that is when we can really create a website that helps people naturally move through it to find the content that they're looking for and to come back to that over and over again as a trusted and reliable resource. Hope this episode was helpful for you guys. I would love to hear if you're going to use any of these tools and until next week, friends, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I would love for you to screenshot it and share it with a friend. You can tag me on Instagram stories at Grace and Vine. For the show notes for this episode, head to thevinepodcast.com. Talk soon.